and welcome to Brave Talk Podcast. I am your host, Miranda Gullett. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Brave Talk Podcast. Today is Friday, March 8th. It's International Women's Day. I don't know if you've ever heard of it the day. Um, I've only heard I only heard about it a few years ago. And um, since then, it's really taken on some significance for me. And every year I apply myself to studying and learning a little bit more about what women face, uh, both domestically and internationally. And it's, it's really just become an important day to me. I, I do find it a little bit silly that it's just one day. It's kind of like an anniversary or Valentine's Day or Christmas or New Year's where the reality that you love someone or in a relationship with them or married to them or that Jesus came to be with us and then died on the cross and rose again, that any of these could ever be limited to one day. It's just kind of kind of silly. But here we are. International Women's Day is a holiday and it's recognized in um, most countries, um, primarily Western European countries for sure. Um, some countries treat it as a holiday, kind of like Mother's Day, where they give the women in their lives um, cards or gifts. Some countries, um, like ours and other Western countries, treat it as a day to protest uh, the plight of women in their countries. For me, my approach to International Women's Day is... I want to be more aware. I want to be challenged. I want to understand what women face. I want to be aware of my own attitudes and my thoughts and my mentality about being a woman, about other women that I know, about kind of where we fit and how we fit in this whole earth, in this world, in in the scheme of things. And so I really try to be uh, present. I really try to be intentional. Um, about my thoughts and my feelings and become more educated, become more understanding of women in different situations than the one I'm in. And also to under, understand more of the Lord's heart for women. That's, that's an area where I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I love the Lord and I, and I love the church. And that's an area where I don't feel the church has done a very good job all the time. Um, women are much more than just servants. Not that serving is wrong. It's it's obviously one of the best things we can do with our lives, but women are more than that. We're more than homemakers. We're more than um, the softer sex. We're we're pretty powerful. Uh, we're not pretty powerful. We are powerful. I guess I'm trying to be a little softer there, and that's that's silly. We are powerful. We've been given an awful lot of authority. We've been given an awful lot of opportunity in the earth in our circles of influence in our own lives in in the lives of people that we love and that we know and that we're close with we can speak the truth we can act in such a way to lift people out of things and we just have tremendous power we really do i think i i want to look at a few a few things that for me have confirmed that a few things that um that have made me know I'm not just the softer sex because I, that's not all I want to be. 
So, uh, you know, one of the first things I, I want to talk about is, um, I wrote a blog a couple years ago in 2017, um, for international women's day. And it's one of the things I've written where years later, a couple years later, and I read it a couple times a year actually. And it's one of the only things I've written where, um, anytime I go back to it, I'm, I'm moved, I'm provoked again. And so I'm going to post it on my WordPress blog, which the link will be in Brave Talk Instagram, um, profile. And it's just called International Women's Day. And I encourage you to read it because this day and this time is really about awareness. It's really about speaking up. It's really about, um, looking at women the right way, um, instead of as, as weaker or less than or anything like that. And, um, I tend to primarily focus on women's issues internationally, um, such as sex trafficking, but also, um, one issue I've been really drawn to lately is, uh, segregation and kind of, uh, stigma and non-education around, uh, menstruation for women in different countries. There is a documentary on Netflix called Period, End of Sentence. The creators actually won an Oscar for Best Short Documentary, which was incredible. And um, the woman, when she was accepting the award, she said, uh, a period should be the end of a sentence, not the end of a girl's education. And so that's one of the things that women face internationally, one of the things that I pay attention to. So I would encourage you to find that documentary. Become aware and educated that this issue still exists, that people don't know how to talk about period of menstruation. They don't know how to get access to like clean materials to handle it. Not being able to take care of themselves properly prohibits girls from being educated, from working outside the home, from doing a lot of different things. So a lot of girls don't get education past when they hit puberty because of it. So I have a, another little confession to make. I'm one of those people um, where women women get. I, I'm not. I'm not this bad. I hope, oh, please God. But you know how women can be very jealous of each other and very competitive. And I I confess and I admit that I still have a little bit of that in me where there's a little bit of this feeling of being threatened when another woman enters a sphere that I'm in and does well or succeeds or gets something that I don't have. It is a little bit of that feeling of, what about me? Wait, wait, wait. Does this mean that my opportunity is now void? And so as as this is International Women's Day, and I, I really want to work on that, I'm challenged to not continue to view the world that way, to not continue to view other humans and other women in particular as competition. And um, I don't particularly love this person, but Gloria Steinem, once said, I always believed that one woman's success can only help another woman's success. And what, what that makes me think is that she understands something I don't understand. And I want to understand that past my mind, comprehending it. I want my heart to understand that. I want to look at women. I want to look at every single person and be so committed to their success and so convinced that it won't hurt mine. And um, so I always believed that one woman's success can only help another woman's success. I honestly pray that we 
start looking at the world that way, that we start believing that and thinking that. I did some research about women in the world and what they're facing. And um, I, uh, a couple years ago, I was at a justice conference in Portland, Oregon, and I learned about women in Uganda who were getting microloans to start businesses. Now, these women were supporting their families, their mothers and grandmothers, and even their neighbors. And so they were getting microloans to start a business. And it was it changes things when women do this. It changes things because they weren't just supporting themselves or their children. They were supporting whole neighborhoods. And so I just, I feel like that's so, so powerful. And this is a practice that's going on. Um, in a lot of developing nations and what they're discovering. I, I did some research and you can visit vitana.org or um, Women's World Banking uh, to find some research of your own and to see what I saw. And um, they're finding that women really know how to support each other. They really know how to build teams. They reinvest back into the community. In fact, a quote from vitana.org says, women helping women is an economic force that poverty can't stop. Think about that. A microloan to a woman turns her into a force of nature that poverty that cripples nations can't stop her. That's unreal. And it's, it's, it's backed up with actual like research and data and statistics, real lives changed, real communities developing. Women helping women is an economic force that poverty can't stop. Proverbs 14.1 says, The wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. Another translation says, Every wise woman encourages and builds up her family, but a foolish woman over time will tear it down by her own actions. And still one more translation says, the wise woman built her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. It's very similar to the first. This is unreal. This has been a, a verse for me that uh, changed my whole perspective. It changed my whole view of myself, of other women, of what my life could be. Um, I'm not just some passive passenger. I'm not just my husband's wife or someone's daughter. I'm, I've got a lot of power and authority. Women have a lot of power and authority. We can tear down or build. That's, think about that. It's not just a house. It's whatever is in your purview, whatever is in your influence, whatever is in your life, you've been given power. And I know I'm using that word a lot, but I, I think that it's appropriate you have been given power to build something, to build a person, to build a situation, to build a matter, to build a family or a community up. You can do that. You can do that. It's real. It exists. I've seen it. I've experienced it. There are things I want for my marriage. There are things I want for our life and our future and our family. And I get to be a part of that happening. I am not a passenger along for the ride. I get to be a part of that happening. Or I could choose to make sure it doesn't. And I, I want to make sure it does instead. 
Ellicott's commentary, which I found on Bible Hub, um, kind of describes this verse as each person and each good work throughout the household grows, as it were, under her fostering hand. So under the wife's hand, under the woman's hand, people and good works grow as they're fostered by the woman because of that wisdom we have, because of that power that we have. There's something innate and different and special about when a woman builds something up, when a woman fosters something, when we encourage and lift up, and when we build into people, when we speak into them, when we enter their lives, when we enter a situation that we're in with an intent to build it up, to build it better, to change it, to rewire it, to make it an encouragement, to make it a success. It, we, we, I've noticed that women t- tend to build things that last. And so I just, I want to encourage you. I want to use scripture to show you that you have real influence. You have real power. You have real ability it's not, it's, it, it's not just for some, it's for all of us. Be a woman who builds up, who builds into things, who fosters growth and development where you are with the people that you're with. I've seen women tear down their homes, tear down their families, tear down the places where they work. I've watched it happen. I tr- I, in some cases, I was in a position to try to stop it. And I... I couldn't. And just don't be that woman who who prevents success, who prevents development and growth and joy and good things from coming to those in your life. Be the opposite. Be the woman who makes sure that the good things can come, that the growth can happen, because you'll grow too. You'll, it's so... It's so powerful. You'll grow too. Your ability to see who you are, what you are, how the Lord uses you, where you fit, it'll grow. If you get out of the way of impeding someone else's success and progress and instead be, believe in it, be committed to it, try to foster it and help it and grow it, you'll be growing your own. You'll be fostering your own success You'll be enjoying your own life more. You'll know yourself better. You'll know the Lord better. You'll have a deeper appreciation for other women. It's it's just, it's so powerful. Please believe me. <laughs> Please try it. Read these verses. That was Proverbs 14.1. Uh, the next verse I want to share is Proverbs 12.4. A wife of noble character is her husband's crown. But a disgraceful wife is like a decay in his bones. That's rough. So I'm either a crown, which is glory, or I'm so disgraceful that I decay my husband from the inside out. He rots. I would definitely prefer to be the former. But listen to the Hebrew description of a wife of noble character. A noble character is, uh, the Hebrew for it is, it means a force, an army, wealth, virtue, valor, or strength. <laughs> a force, 
or an army. That's what noble character is. So it's not like you're meek. It's not like you're in the background. It's not like you, you never get to be yourself. A wife of noble character is a force, is an army. There are implications for that. We can move things forward. We can move things backward too, but I don't want to. I don't want to bring decay. I don't want to bring rot. I want to bring life. I want to bring joy. I want to bring vision. And then I want to be a part of seeing that vision accomplished. So we are, if we have noble character here, it is as a force or an army. That is no weaker sex description. Thank you very much. That is no weaker sex description. That is actually the Hebrew for it is actually masculine. So we're described as being pretty tough. It's being pretty, uh, not pretty tough. We are described as being tough, not meek and in the background, not never heard from. No, no, no. We'll be heard from when our goal is to build up. When our goal is to bring nobility and grace and favor into the world around us, into the situations that we're in, into the relationships that we're in, into the lives of people that are in our life. I mean, it's just wild. When you actually go to the Bible and look, women are not meant to be never seen and never heard from. We actually have a pretty significant role to play. Um, always. Uh, I want to look at Priscilla in the Bible. Um, in, in Bible times, you know, in historic times, in some places now, women are obviously not taken very seriously. We're not listened to. We're not considered like a legal witness. We're not considered to have as much weight um, as a man in terms of in terms of our word, in terms of our impact. Um, and so it was very much the case for Priscilla. Uh, she was the wife of Aquila. Uh, in the Bible, she's mentioned a couple times, and she's always mentioned with her husband. And so they're kind of recognized as having equal authority, equal power, equal ability to teach and instruct and be a part of ministry, which was rare back then. So she's a really great example. And um, the verse I want to look at is Acts, Acts 28. Nope, I lied. Acts 18, verse 28. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being spiritually impassioned, he was speaking and teaching accurately the things about Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly and fearlessly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained more accurately, accurately to him the way of God and the full story of the life of Christ. So that's actually um, Acts 28, verse 25 and 26, and they're speaking of Apollos. So Apollos was a very good speaker, and he was teaching in the synagogues, but really all he knew about the ministry of Jesus was John's baptism. And the, um, it says in the scriptures that when Priscilla and Aquila heard him speak, that they took him aside and instructed him, they taught him, they enlightened him about the rest of the life of Jesus, about the rest of the ministry of Jesus. And then Apollos went on to, you know, keep teaching. And so we see that Priscilla was just as instrumental, was just as authoritative, was just as um, important as Aquila to instructing Apollos. She was instructing. She was enlightening. 
she was, um, I don't know if it's fair to say correcting or not, but it kind of looks that way. Like, there's more to the story, dude. And she was instrumental in making that happen. Another example of Jesus or the Bible recognizing women against the culture of the times that didn't recognize women is that women were not considered credible or legal witnesses. Um, so like in an actual legal situation or court situation, they weren't considered um, a legal witness. However, the Bible records in Matthew 28 verse 9 that it was Mary who was the first to see the resurrected Jesus. That, that just gets me. That gets me. She was the first. He showed up to her first. And then she was the one that went back and told the disciples. That Jesus just turned it on its head. Like, like the current culture didn't accept the testimony of a woman. But that's who he showed up to. That's who he gave the testimony to. That's who he trusted with the first person to see his resurrection. That's, that's, I want to be her. I want to be trusted that much. I want to be the one that breaks all the rules. That's, and that's what he does. He breaks the rules. He breaks the rules. Women weren't trusted and he said, yeah, they should be. I trust this one. I trust women. And there are other accounts in the scriptures, um, including Luke 24 verse 10, where it actually records that Jesus appeared to several women and they were the ones entrusted to tell the disciples about his resurrection. And Jesus turned it on its head. I, women are so much more important than some parts of our culture have been led to believe. They're so much more valuable. They're to be trusted with so much more than some parts of our culture lead us to believe. So I just want to encourage you to go search this out for yourself, to search out a topic that interests you. Like for me, again, it's human trafficking. It's um, segregation during menstruation and what women face on that level. Those, those really, those issues really um, pique my interest. I can't explain it, but they just do. And um, so I do research and I find, I find things out and I try to understand what is being done to help. I've had to learn these stories. I've had to learn these situations. I've had to do the research and look at the way Jesus felt about Mary. Look at the way he treated her. Look at the Proverbs and see what it says about women. I mean, even the verses about like, it's better to live on the corner of a roof than in, a ho- in the house with a quarrelsome wife. I mean, doesn't that right there kind of tell you that women are pretty powerful? Like w- we could make someone either so happy that they that they want to be in the home with us and other things, or we can make them so miserable that the corner of a roof sounds better than being with us. I mean, I, I don't think many of us would argue that we have that ability, but it's just interesting that that's in the Bible, that that very relatable little funny story is in the Bible, and it's so true. Women are a force to be reckoned with. And we have data to back that up. And we have the Bible to back that up. And so we need to start looking at women differently. We need to start looking at ourselves differently. Look at your mom differently. Look at your sister and your wife. And please, look at your daughter differently. See the potential. 
see the power, see the authority, see the raw force in her. The raw army of a force in her. I just encourage you to get educated. I just encourage you to find your own stories, to find your own way of relating to this, your own way of understanding how to look at women, how to think about women, how to feel about them, how to feel about yourself that rings true for you and that rings true with how the Lord looks at them, how he feels about them. They're not, we're not the weaker sex. We're not the softer sex. We're not to be behind the scenes. That's not where we belong. He makes it abundantly clear. So I encourage you, go find those stories. Go find where he makes it abundantly clear. Re-listen to the podcast if you need to. It's totally cool. Huh? Duh. Of course I'd say that. I'm going to listen to it. Um, again, I'll have my blog up on my on my Instagram page for you guys to reference. And I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope that you take this day seriously. I hope that you start to look at every woman, including yourself, differently. We're, we're not insignificant. We have so much power and potential to build worlds to be a representation of the Lord on the earth. We can build things that represent him on the earth. That's why we're here. That's why we're so incredible. That's why we celebrate women. That's why we celebrate all of us. Thank you for joining us. listeners, you have uh, heard me talk about my trip to Cambodia and Thailand this year with an organization called Destiny Rescue. Um, go ahead and look them up if you get a chance. They do a lot of prevention, restoration, and rescue work in Southeast Asian countries, the Philippines, Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, and India. And uh, I get to be on this team. It's in uh, the end of July, early August of 2019. And so I just wanted to share real quick about how you can get involved. Um, there is a link to my fundraising page on my personal Instagram that you can go and check out for more information and also updates there. And then I will also be updating the Facebook and Instagram for Brave Talk uh, throughout the coming months. Um, really looking for prayer support and also financial, but really mostly prayer support and just to raise awareness um, for Destiny Rescue and that this atrocity of human trafficking is still very prevalent and we need people to be aware. We need people to be praying, we need people to be donating, we need people to be talking about it. Um, so thank you so much for your time. Go check out the website, go check out fundraising sites, go get informed. Thank you.